Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you really like what you're hearing, and we hope you do, please give us a five-star review. It would really help. And we're going to talk about judging, so it would be useful to learn about all the criteria which can be found at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, obviously we had a very weird event emanate from the UFC Apex on Saturday because when we woke up, we were expecting 11 fights, and within a few hours, we got eight fights. Eight fights, and the main card still started at 10 p.m. Oh my god! Well, you weren't—they weren't, weren't going to change that. It's not—I'm not expecting ESPN to bend over backwards to change their um, TV schedule based on that. I, I, I do. If anything, they would keep it as they did. Uh, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, 10 o'clock. These 10 o'clock events that they've been doing lately—I thought we moved on from that, mostly from uh, you know the the old Fox TV programming schedule, which I was never a big fan of. Uh, I was liking it when they did. I mean, sometimes they've done seven o'clock, eight o'clock is fine. Nine's not great, but I'll deal with it. Ten o'clock is not fun. Uh, we're, we're on East Coast time. Obviously, people in the West Coast, you know, it's in the early part of their day. They don't mind, but for us, eh. Yeah, what the heck? Not a fan. Um, fortunately, we didn't actually lose the main event, which ended up being really fun fight between Jack Hermanson and Marvin Vittori with Vittori. Uh, I mean, he was the betting favorite, but I actually saw Hermanson as a very solid bet to win this fight and and obviously i was wrong because vittori looked awesome and we'll get into that fight a little bit more later right dan but but i mean that was great yeah vegas is never wrong <laughs> that we, is not true and we, Vegas is very wrong from time to time but i will say this they they got this one we're learning they come out on top more often than not sure sure well i mean the house always ends up winning but you know but i mean great fight though right fun fight very fun and, uh, and it, again we'll we'll get we'll get more into it uh, a yeah, later. for sure. I, you know, we're a judging program. We talk about mixed martial arts judging. That's that's obviously our central thing, right? If you've been listening to us for the last seventy some odd episodes, you know that's what we talk about. And we've got a situation here again where we're going to be talking about a fight that a lot of people are kind of up in arms about. Uh, and once again, for I guess it's probably the third time in four weeks now. It involves uh, a veteran judge, one of the one of the most veteran judges we have, one of the most uh, prolific judges we have, and that's Chris Lee. Uh, again, at the center of you know fans' ire and, and and that kind of thing because of a scorecard he turned in and a split decision. Yep, Chris Lee is in hot water again with the fans. Well, I mean, the the fans like to have put things in hot water. That's just what <laughs> they like to do. But boil uh, it up. I will say this: I understand this time um so let's you know let's dive into contested rounds now the fight in question was a fight between roman delize who got the win in a split decision like i said over john allen and and this is a 205 pounds i thought that this fight when i watched it i saw a 30 27 dan oh yeah me and too. i understood kind of 29 28 i figured round three was going to be kind only of only round three kind of thing yeah was that only round three yeah yeah the- yeah. Only round three, and and I was, you know, I, again, I, it wouldn't have been a problem there. And then again, we start hearing the scorecards read, and, and once you hear Bruce say, "Judge so and so scored the contest," you know, okay, we got a split decision here as opposed to just three. So I'm like, oh no, what like, do we have really what? 
And Split. sure enough, it was Chris Lee had the 29-28 score in this one. So I just, I was very curious which round was going to be the other round that Mr. Lee gave to John Allen because I did not, you know, quick recall, did not see a second round for him, you know, either one or two. Did you? Oh, no way. Uh, I'm just happy it wasn't round two. Yeah, round two was, was <laughs> easily the been... most clear round. I mean, that would have been that would have been uh, ridiculous. That would have been just an awful thing. <laughs> but round it wasn't one, that. round one, I I mean, Delizze was the better striker and and a, he was the way better grappler. It's like, I mean, Allen landed some strikes, but I mean, definitely not to the level of Delizze. I think if you just look at it from a striking standpoint. It's much closer. It's actually very close. I watched this again today before we got the chance to record. And I did think that just evaluating the striking, pure striking, it's very close. I, I think you could make a case for it going to Allen just on striking. Purely now, on, that's not yeah, okay. That's not the way we would score it, obviously. I would give that to you if Chris Lee had the perfect view and knew Allen didn't get dropped with a headbutt. Yeah, watching live, I did not know. say he didn't know that, you know, I mean, right. or, or that he knew that he might have certainly seen that it was a head clash. I'm not sure where he was in relation uh, to the way the two men were positioned at that time, because that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about when they're watching the fights. And we've talked about this before the position of the referees, because these refs, they're not looking at the screen that's in front of them when it's available, which it is in in Nevada. If they can help it, they would prefer to use their eyes. And I understand that. I, I mean, they have a unique view. If they can see it, if they can see the action, they should use their eyes instead of the, the cameras there. So I understand maybe he certainly saw that and knew that it wasn't some sort of, you know, headbutt, which it ended up being, right? End up being a headbutt. I, I, I scored it how I saw. I didn't know what hit him, but I thought something hit him. I suspected it was a potential headbutt. Herb Dean didn't rule it a headbutt, didn't rule it a an illegal strike. I wasn't certain it was a headbutt. I also wasn't certain it was a punch. So I just scored it how I saw it as fighter went down. Something effective must have happened. Yeah, for me, I already thought it was pretty clear for Delize and and which we haven't gotten into yet. The fact that this was not a pure striking round. Right. There were some really good heel hook attacks uh, from Delize. Right. I didn't know how Allen didn't tap. The lead day was cranking on it. I thought it, it was definitely going to be over. Really strong heel hook attack, and that was the most effective offense of the entire round. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, and it really wasn't a very long sequence either. It, when you really break it down, they were only down there for, what, maybe 30 seconds or so, and, and I don't think he was truly in that heel hook the entire time either. But it was a really good attack. It, it, like you said, I, th I thought it was pretty damn close. I mean, it was nothing... Okay, let me put it this way. Nothing... Allen did negated that. No, and I mean he's throughout. just rolling away, and it's not really that that because there there are kind of three incidents in this round where Delize goes for that heel hook. It's it's interesting because there's one where he goes for it. It's, it's the very first time they hit the mat, and he goes for it, and it kind of slips out. But then he he corrects it, and he gets it in much more locked that second time, right? Yep. Then later on, after they've been you know they got back to their feet and they were striking a little while, they do get back down again, and that third attack. I didn't think that was particularly close. No, that was that was kind of the Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. No, I, I didn't think that was as great an attack. I mean, I think you probably, I don't even know how much you really grade that other than just being aggression because, yes, he was looking for it. It didn't really get to the point of being a threat. But you go back to that second one, 
And that second one, yeah, that was a nasty one. I thought that was a really good attack. I, I, that almost like, I'm not saying, you know, that just wins the round automatically, but the striking itself, like I said, was very close. And I think I still would favor the lead say there like you do. Yeah. Um, but I, I do see it to be a very close thing that I could totally understand why, again, if it was only a striking round, you could go for Allen. I, I agree with that. I still would have went to lead Zay, but yeah. like I said, nothing Allen did in the striking department is going to wipe away that attack. Not even close. No, not even close. Honestly, of all the rounds that Chris Lee has kind of taken some heat for in the last couple of weeks, and we've spoken about them on the show, uh, going all the way back to just about a month ago when he gave three out of the five rounds in the impromptu Rafael Dos Anjos versus Paul Felder fight, which Felder was talking about on the broadcast on Saturday saying like, there's no way I won three rounds. And and I agree. There's no way he won three rounds. Yeah. So Chris Lee has been in just a real rough way the last month or so. I do want to point, and, I do want to point out that he is not a boxing judge. No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So let's, let's correct something that Dominic Cruz uh, is telling people uh, once again, erroneously, he started the year telling everybody fibs and, and now he's doing it again. Um, at the expense of officials. Chris Lee's not a boxing judge. Dan is correct. That just re- like you're spreading lies. There's two boxing judges that converted to MMA and they, they still referee boxing and, and judge boxing. I I'm sure and that's Tony weeks and Adelaide bird. Well, actually I so. believe Junichiro Kamijo also judges. Okay. boxing. Okay. I, I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, but you can't just be like, Oh yeah, he came from boxing. So he's just going to favor the striking. He doesn't care about anything about grappling. He's going to throw the criteria out the window and he's just going to score it however he wants to. It's stupid. Honestly, like probably people who listen to our show already know this, but don't ever listen to anything that Dominic Cruz says when it comes to judging. He has no idea what he's talking about. He is literally talking out his rear. Yeah. I mean, analysis. Right, fine. Not literally, but you know, what. <laughs> if it, you want to listen to his fight analysis and technique breakdown, he's fantastic at that. Oh, he is. He's honestly, he's superb with that. I love when he does that, but, He's got to stay, stay in his lane. lane. Yeah. <laughs> stay in the lane. Like, dude, you're good at it. Don't don't ruin it. <laughs> but back to the fight. Back to this fight. Yeah. And it's not like I want to pick on Chris Lee or want to pick on judges. But I, I think we this is a point where we have to start really highlighting the fact that, yes, there's a real there's a real funk that Chris Lee is in right now. Uh, and actually, I, I, I've been tracking data throughout the year uh, in terms of what judges are giving in round scores and you know how many descents they have and how many times they they descent as far as a 10-8 versus a 10-9 that kind of thing and i just wanted to throw a little bit of data out at you dan just because you know i know you'd be interested in this and i hope people listening at home would also be interested in this too i'm ready to process it what's that i'm ready to process it hit me with it all right all right all right i'm gonna i'm gonna try and keep it nice and slow because i don't want to throw a bunch of numbers out and make everything confusing but (laughs) put it this way based purely on UFC rounds scored. And I'm only going to be looking at the judges that have been typically working out of Nevada. Okay. So that's, we're talking about a very limited field. We're not talking about anything they've done, say if they've judged Bellator or anywhere else in the country. So this is a very narrow window. You cannot take this as gospel when it comes to how good or how bad a judge is. And also the simple fact that someone has dissented does not mean that they are wrong. It just means that the other two judges disagree. A lot of factors, a lot of close rounds in there. But let's just talk about what we're typically looking for in terms of percent of dissented rounds, right, Dan? So what you're looking for 
from a typical, often working Nevada judge. Anywhere between four to you know six, seven percent. That's very typical of a dissent percentage for these high-level judges. So just to give you a couple, you know, examples here. This Sal is this, this, this year. This What's year that? is this this year? Oh yes, this is only talking about UFC fights judged this year. Okay. This is again a smaller sample size. Okay. It's it's not small, but it's smaller. Okay. It's not the Got the it. whole body of work that we have from judges who have been working for many years, um, and they should not be judged purely on what they've done in this moderate, you know, pretty much small window. But again, it's it's kind of a window into it. So to get back to it, a judge like Sal D'Amato, who has the most assignments this year in the UFC, 153 assigned fights to judge. And that's not just in Nevada, that's all over. But it is the most that we have of any judges, right? Okay. So he's assigned 153 fights, 27 of them five rounders, and he's judged 346 rounds. All right. At least by my count. You know what I mean? Did sense? 14 out of 346. Okay, so about 5%, percent 4%. 4.34% is the exact of it. All right. That's a very, very, very good percentage, and it speaks to how really great a, a, a judge Sal D'Amato is. You know, we hear about his name from time to time because there's a, a round that somebody doesn't like, but look, he's judged 346 rounds. Eventually, you're going to hear him do something that maybe you disagreed with. And, and it's going to happen. Yeah, every but his percentage is, is still one of the best in the game. Like, if you, who do you want that's better? Especially when you're talking about, again, this is someone who he's in the most five-round fights, too, as far as ju- judged fights. So the pressure is on, too. Yeah, I don't think you'd get... I think that's understood. You would get championship fights in abundance if you're the top guy. And yeah, absolutely. He, but but again, just the fact that not only is he in these fights, these major fights, and in many fights overall, but his descent percentage is very, very low. As another example, the next highest working... I won't give you all the numbers, but Chris Lee... Or excuse me. But, uh, but Derek Cleary, he's next. 129 assignments this year. 22 five-rounders. He has, in 287 rounds, 16 descents. So his descent percentage is closer to 6. It's just a hair under 6. Okay. But that's still an acceptable number, right? We're not we're not talking that's about good, anything yeah. crazy. I mean, I think anything around probably even 15% is probably okay. Oh, it's much... No, no, no. None of these judges come close to that. That's a, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think even if someone was that, that high, unless they were seeing something egregiously different, I think that would be okay. Because a lot of these well, fights are very unique and they very close. Well, let me let me just pose this question to you. If if we're you know, we we don't go crazy about judging here because we understand it more than other people do. But like sometimes there's a round where you're like, no, I completely disagree. Right. Yeah. Round one of Alan Belize. Imagine if it happened three times more often. That's what you're saying. is Okay, I got you. You know what I mean? Because I'm talking about anywhere from four to six percent. You go up to 15. That's that's a lot more. I know. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually just thinking in in terms of rounds. So yeah, like, yeah I'm so, talking around. So if he had 40 rounds, I guess you get it is right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 14 rounds. Uh, I'm saying I know, but I'm saying if he had 40 oh. rounds. Oh, yeah. If he had 40 rounds that he dissented, yeah. uh, honestly, he would have been removed by now. Okay. I don't think athletic commissions. Yeah. Would you know, yeah. They, they asked for I, much more. When I put it in that uh, in that sense, 15 is very high. Sure, sure. So. But anyway, again, anyway, we're talking about these are some of the, the top working guys, you know, anywhere from four to six is pretty OK. Six, seven, even um, Chris Lee to go to get back to Chris Lee here. He has 77 assignments this year, which just about half of what Sal D'Amato has, but also actually he has 88 overall, I should say. 
is actually fourth most of, among the Nevada-based judges here, the, the Nevada judges that work. Um, and he travels around. He's actually from the South. Um, but again, we're talking about guys who are working in UFC Apex. We've had a lot of fights out there this year. It's, it's kind of an, an interesting year that we get to study this because we've, you know, fewer judges are working, but the ones we have are working probably a lot more in the UFC spotlight than normal. Yeah, I think Chris Lee wasn't around for the early Apex run. I'm not sure when he judged uh, or when he started really doing it. But again, 88 assignments, that's fourth most of, of anyone who's you know working in Nevada right now. But if we just look at January through November 7th, that's when 77 of his assignments were. So the bulk of it, right? Mm-hmm. You with me? With you. During that time, during the first 10 plus months of the year, his descent percentage was 5.78, just a hair under uh, Derek Cleary. And totally in that range of, of you know, normal that we're talking about, right? Right. Since that event, so we're talking about three events in in four weeks. He's had 11 assignments. He's had 23 rounds scored, and he's had six descents. So his percentage is now 26 percent descent. All right. How much does that? How much does it improve his overall number? Oh, it hurts. It hurts much more. Okay. Um. Now for the year, he's down to eight percent descent. Okay. So now, how- now, again, this is a very, very small percentage now. We're talking about 11 assignments and 23 rounds. That is hyper small. But it just highlights the difference uh, that uh, essentially the funk that Chris Lee has been in for the last month or so. He should not be judged purely for what he's done in this month. But when you look at the data, I mean, this is this is a guy who is is off his game. He clearly is he's slumping a little bit. And, but- and it's hard. You know, he's human. He's also not on social media. God bless him. I I yearn to be there yeah. one day. That fake account, <laughs> that fake account I that's going around is not him. And that guy, no, he's, he's eating it up. Is there a fake account? He, of course. He's well, I mean, there eating it up. Now. <laughs> he's eating it up. So it's no, yeah, it's no, nah, it's, it's not a fake Chris Lee. It's just another Chris Lee who's, oh. <laughs> who's taking heat. Uh, or, or like John Jones, the other John Jones. Yeah. <laughs> But I, no, I, Chris Lee, I, I, I know from speaking with other judges is not on social media. And, and again, God bless him. I, I, I wouldn't be if I could. I, I, um, do, I do have a question about the stats. Yeah. yeah. What's up? How many of these dissenting rounds determined the winner? Go, that I don't actually other. have available okay. here. No, I, I am planning to do a much deeper dive into the data from the past year or so. When we have a little bit more, you know, when we've got no events that we're talking about on Mondays and things like that, I think we're going to try to change it up a little bit. So we'll be talking about some interesting things like this, which hopefully I'm going to bring that data to the forefront. But that's that's a okay. good question, Dan. OK, because, you know, um, if, but, it, if it's a third round descent, like uh, who was the third judge in this fight? Who would you say it's like OK to like nod off is what you're saying? I'm not saying it's OK to nod <laughs> off. I'm saying it just has it has less effect. Of, of the, yeah, the of whole course. Fight. Yeah, and we've spoken about this before too. I, I definitely get more mad when I see uh, around like round one or round two that doesn't. I mean, when I say mad, I, I don't really mean mad unless it's like crazy. Um, but I, I definitely feel like those first two rounds are much more important. But if you if you've already scored the first two rounds for one person, and then it doesn't really matter what you score in the third round. It just doesn't unless you're talking about ten eights. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes descents can can get tricky or interesting. Uh, in in fights that are close, like the Waterson and Angela Hill fight, which where Chris Lee was a judge in, and he actually was on Angela Hill side. Yeah, so and a lot of people agreed with him, saying he was the only judge that got it right, but he was the dissenting judge. He was. He was the hero so, that day. 
So yeah, that, and that again, that's a reminder of what I think I've already mentioned here is the fact that dissents don't mean you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to stress that dissents do not mean that these judges are wrong. So the fact that Chris Lee has, he only has 16 dissents all year. Six of them have come in the last month. So it's, it's kind of, it's, you know, obviously yeah, we're highlighting the fact that yes, he's had a rough stretch here. Mm-hmm. Um, but dissents themselves don't mean that you are wrong. It just means that two out of three disagreed with you. That's it. Wonderful. I'm looking to, I'm looking to go into this deeper dive uh, in the coming weeks. I like it too, but but again, to to get back to Chris Lee here, I just I think we need to understand that yes, it's looking bad right now. It's not a good look when you have this many rounds where you're in disagreement with your fellow judges. But he had a great body of work the rest of the year. I mean, maybe he's just burnt out right now in this three weeks that that he's going to be off coming up. It's going to be a, a, a help. I don't want to sp- honestly. I don't want to speculate about him. It, it, that's not fair to him. Well, I'm just saying. Um, but but just. It's just these people are human. I guarantee he cares. I mean, I I've never well, spoken with Chris Lee. I can I, you know, I can say that honestly. I've never spoken with him, but I can say that most definitely he cares about it because <laughs> I mean these guys are in these these chats and these these Zoom meetings and they do all this stuff on their on their own time when they're not getting paid to just be better. So I think we need to understand the fact that yeah, it's not looking good. I don't like it, and fortunately, it didn't end up costing the rightful winner. A victory. I'm glad to see that, but let's just let things ride. Let's not try to chase Chris Lee out of the sport. Because do you really want some of the regional oh, level judges that we've kind of seen in in places like Virginia and New Mexico? Back when we were talking about this earlier in the year, people have forgotten just how bad it can be on the other side. These people. I mean, I, I I'd love to put a bunch of people on blast right now. Like Adam Martin, Rob Tatum. Two guys that are You're calling. You're going to put them on blast. Okay. I really don't care. Uh, I mean, they're calling for this guy's head. And yeah, he had a bad outing. Like you said, he had a, he's had a, a kind of a, a not so great run the past couple events. I mean, he is one of the best. Like like you said, do you want these people from Virginia or uh, Texas scoring these fights? Do we want Joe oh God, Solis yeah. running, let's, let's running not, around Vegas? <laughs> Please don't forget what we had in Texas back in February, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jeez Louise. And I'm not saying there's there's only bad judges in Texas, but look, it, there was a lot of anger from that event. I think we're yeah. a little spoiled. Yeah. Did we even discuss round three? No, we didn't. We didn't really get to round three, actually. And and it's almost kind of an afterthought because of the fact yeah. that, first off, Chris Lee was actually in the majority here in giving it to Allen. Yeah, and I can totally see an argument for Allen. I got no problem. I do. I do. And I'd, I'd be disagreed, but it is what it is. It's It, it was a round that I didn't think was going to have an effect on the result. Obviously, it did, but... Uh, or almost did, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think we had a, I thought we had a pretty clear fight, but it just didn't go that way. <laughs> At least on the cards. The other, ju- by the way, we should mention the other two judges who were on this. It was Mike Bell and Dave Hagan. It was Hagan who saw it the way you and I did uh, in round three for Delizia. Yeah. And so Hagan's going to get a descent on, in your data. Well, actually I'll just highlight for you real quick. Actually, Dave Hagan has the, one of the lowest, or one of the, one of the worst descent percentages of the typically working Vegas based judges. His his is in the eight and a half percent range. Dave's getting up there, but like like the, but like around like this one hurts his percentage. But a lot of people agree with it. Agreed uh, for so, sure. But you know what? Every judge has that. That's kind of yeah. natural in there. Okay. So when you see straying from the norm, you're still 
looking at and we'll, and we'll get into this later i don't want to get bogged down right. too much in the data we'll, we'll save that for a couple weeks from now right yeah let's get into let's get into that main event yeah absolutely this was a fun fight it was a super fun fight it was one of i mean was it one of the top five of the year maybe not but it was it was, it was close. close it was close it was like top 10 i would say yeah uh just you know kind of batting off the top of my head we should have a show where we just talk about the fun fights of the year year-end show yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be one of ours for sure um but yeah this fight again really fun i did not think Vittori was going to take its hermans in the way he did, um, but he totally did. He took it to Jack Hermanson. He almost finished him. 49-46 is in a 49-45. Yeah, which is, I think I, what did I have? I think I had 48-46. You know, I had 48-47. I actually gave the fifth round to Hermanson. Yeah, I gave fifth uh, round I did to not get the chance too. to rewatch it, but uh, I honestly, I was probably getting a little burned out by the end of the evening. I think- so... If I, if I have to be honest, I, I might not have been watching it as well as I would have liked to anyway. So I just have to defer to the judges here, which was uh, Sal D'Amato, Derek Leary, and Junichiro Camillo, Uh And I trust their judgment. Yep. Uh, round five, I think Vittori probably probably ended up winning. Even though I scored it for Hermanson, I didn't watch it a second time. But the majority's going that way. I, I'll probably uh, I'll probably just defer to them. I, I leave it to the pros there. I, I think you and I can trust the pros at this point, right? We understand yep. it enough. Yeah. <laughs> we used to be really stubborn, right? We'd have some rounds where we'd be like, no, 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 they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> some people have been on the other, wrong side of my ire <laughs> in past years. You were less grumpy this week, though. I was, and probably because we had eight fights. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a very short event. Oh, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, we did, again, the scores weren't entirely in unison. There was one 49-45 and two 49-46s, so that meant we had a 10-8 round in there. That was in round one from Camillo. He gave the 10 8 to Vittori. I agree with him. Did you? Yeah. I you went, did. I went okay. 10 8 Vittori. I was on the fence. And then I said, I'm going for it because I thought he, I thought Hermanson didn't do much offensively. He was clearly damaged. I thought Vittori had the domination. He kept attacking the guillotine. I, I thought you could reasonably go 10 8 there. And I said, I'm going to go 10 8. I actually feel pretty good that this was a 10-9, a good 10-9 for Vittoria. I watched it again today before we recorded because I wanted to to be certain, especially because, again, I was getting a little burned out so by the end of the night. So I was like, geez, you know, am I seeing this wrong? So let's watch this. And and I watched it again, and I said, you know what? I really do think this is a 10-9 for Vittoria. I, I have to agree with uh, the motto and Cleary here. I think the guillotine that you're talking about, I didn't think – it was much more than kind of a fishing for it. It didn't look very close in the least. So I didn't really score it that heavily. I, I, I you know, it's, it's there. I thought it was a tact that had to be, it had to be respected and defended. I, I didn't think it got very close. You know, I think when you talk about attacks that need to be defended and stuff, it is very tough because if somebody throws a head kick at you, isn't that an attack that needs to be defended and respected? It's it's different. Striking and grappling is totally two different things. You can't say oh, they are. They are, but but at the same time, you know, we we have plus a head kick that gets blocked also has effect. Guys, oh sure, I mean there there's some the residual line. effect that comes from that. Yeah, they're not apples and apples. I get that, but my point is the fact that just because you're looking for the guillotine that doesn't get very close, and it really didn't look very close. It looked like it was defended very well. From Hermanson, I just I didn't really grade it that heavily. Well, here's the thing: so, he ignores that. He goes to sleep. I mean, yeah, but you could say that about literally every attack that no, ever happens in a fight. You ignore a head kick, you might just eat it. 
I mean, you can ignore a, a leg kick and you won't go to sleep. But I mean, literally, any any thr- punch that's thrown at you, if you just ignore it. You're probably going. But there's to sleep. Diff- there's different levels of the attack. Sure. Like a submission, if you ignore submission, you're you're gonna one of your limbs is going to get broken or you're going to go take a nap. I agree. So, but just because you're defending, a, you know, submission attempts, if you're defending them well, well, if they're not very close and you're not in much danger, I, I don't think you have to score it that heavily. And he's not doing much offense. One day we're going to, well, we should get a, we should get a judge to help settle this for us uh, in between shows this week. I think we should get someone to weigh in on, right. on uh, correcting us. So think who's right or wrong. Is it Scott or Dan? Well, we'll clearly it's me. So, um, <laughs> We don't know. We don't know. We're going to learn. We're we're learning too, of course. Everybody who's listening, I'm sure, is learning. Even the judges who work hard, I'm sure they would tell you they're learning every day too. Um, (laughs) Us a lot more because we're much farther behind. We've never actually been trained. But uh, but yeah, I I thought, to go back to my rationale for the 10-9, I just thought that Vittori, obviously he hurt Hermanson pretty bad. Uh, I think it was a left that dropped Hermanson, right? Yeah, dropped him clean. It dropped him pretty clean, absolutely, and when I should again, it was a beautiful strike. It's probably a poor, poor, poor strategy on Vittori. Yeah, I, I don't think he. Uh, I think he probably could have ended if he, if he'd been a little smarter with the way he followed up. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it is what it is, and we have what we have. But that allowed Hermanson to make it a little bit more of a grappling battle, right? And yeah, I mean, we had that, you know, key team we've already hashed around, but. I didn't see a whole lot. You know, he, he had some, even some ground strikes coming from Batori, but I didn't think they had as much zip on them. I don't think they were fight changing. You know, I, we have one diminishing blow for sure, but I have trouble getting to the 10, eight. See the thing, the things that stick out in my head, like, see, we have certain things in the criteria that just for each of us that just point to stick out more mm-hmm. in our heads. And the one thing in my, in the criteria says if a fighter is, pretty much defensive for almost the whole round judges should start leaning 10-8 and that's something yeah but i didn't that, think that was the case here i, I mean hermanson was he was throwing back it's not like he didn't land in this, i don't in know this round i don't know i thought he was i thought he was a bit defensive i mean they were standing for a little bit before it went down yeah not that long no. uh, i don't remember the the exact time stamp or anything like that but I mean, watching it again today, it definitely seemed like Hermanson. I mean, not that he was, I didn't think he was winning the striking up until that point too. He was, his back was against the fence and that doesn't mean he's losing, but also he was there because of the fact that Vittori was doing a good job with his strikes, but Hermanson was totally in it up until then. So I, I just, I have a trouble getting to the 10, eight there, but I'm look, I'm not actually going to sit here and say that it's wrong to give the 10, eight, but I, I think, I think D'Amato and Cleary got it right. And Junie got it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Camino got it wrong. No, I'm kidding. I wanted to I, get I, him to I say it. I don't think it's a bad score. I wanted to get him to say it. <laughs> All right. That was a fun You're fight. right. I ordered the code red. <laughs> that was a fun fight. It was a fun fight. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I hope we get a couple more really good, you know, fight of the year caliber fights before the year ends. Uh, you know, two more events. Next week, we should have a few. There's a lot of, lot of candidates we'll talk about next week. But yeah. If they make it to Saturday. Don't be negative. <laughs> hey you know someone pointed out uh on twitter today too the fact that it was uh you know we're, we're not too far removed from thanksgiving and everybody was probably dumb at thanksgiving and got together so everyone's got the virus so we'll probably lose even more fights next week we'll see yeah <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll save next week for next week we do have one quick lightning round that we want to get into right and yeah. this was on the Luis smolka versus jose quinones tko victory from smolka in round two but he I thought lost the first round 
And two out of three judges saw it that way, Cleary and Tony Weeks. But Smolka <laughs> got a 10-9 from Chris Lee. This was I, I don't want to laugh. It, well, I mean, here's the thing. The job you know, this, sure, but... this one I saw for Quinones as well. But Smolka had a good round for himself. Just wasn't as good as Quinones. Uh, it was this was a closer round. This is this is a one that's much more defensible, I think, from Lee. You know, just again, just because he dissented doesn't mean he was wrong. But I didn't think that Smolka was able to take back the round from what Quinones was able to do early on. You know, Smolka was kind of on top in in uh in the grappling, but you didn't really see much in the way of kind of attacks, you know, advancement, things like that. It, nothing was really happening there, I didn't think. Uh, yeah, Quinones was was throwing everything hard. Absolutely. And landed super well. Right. I thought he was just more effective. So that's my reasoning. And and thanks for uh, Dominic Cruz not noticing that the boxing judge, Chris Lee, uh, gave Smolka the round when Smolka's argument mostly would have been because of the grappling. <laughs> Crazy. He doesn't know anything about judging. He just got to stay But quiet, he knows a lot man. about fights. Just talk about fights. And he gasses up Paul Felder. Oh, yeah. And Felder joins in. <laughs> he's, uh, pulling, he's pulling Felder into yeah. the darkness. Oh. But, I mean, that round two finish was wild. It was. I mean, I didn't really see it coming like that. I mean, he, he got he got the takedown early this time. Uh, was it a takedown or did he just kind of end up on the ground? I can't remember. I thought it was a throw. Was it a throw? It, it was, was a, a good th- throw, yeah, right? Hip, hip throw. Yeah. Yeah. Did a hit throw. Lightning fast transition to mount. Yes. Can you know his roll to his back? And, he and then he did start out. attacking right yeah. away, too. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there would have been no doubter that he was going to win that round. But then, obviously, he got the finish. Great job. Yeah, he was actually losing that round now too before the takedown. Before the takedown, yeah. yeah. But that was it. You know, that, that was that was all the rounds we really had. We didn't have a whole lot going on as far as uh, actual rounds to score. Obviously, we had one in particular that basically is the meat and potatoes of this show, right? Yeah. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Second Lee. helping, even too. I think we yeah. we talked a lot about that, right? Yeah, Chris. Chris Lee gave us some content. He did. He did. I and you know he's human. I'm I'm certainly pulling for him to come back strong. He's a good judge. He's got a good track record, not just this year, but many years. I have confidence in him f- going forward, but I, you know, you have to wait and see, you know, he's, he's certainly capable of it. That's what I would oh, say. This man is yeah, capable very. of being an excellent judge. He just hasn't been as sharp lately. He'll get back. And like you said, like you said, I'm glad you said you're pulling for him to do good because people are pulling for him to not do good just so they have something to complain about. Oh, that's crummy. Too. People, I, you know, who the people, heck roots against people, people to succeed? People do that. Especially people that you don't know anything about. Exactly. No one knows what Chris Lee sounds like. They have probably forgotten what he looks like because he's wearing a mask. <laughs> you don't know where he lives. You don't know what he does. One of the UFC commentators doesn't even know what his background is. It's wild. It, it's just, who roots against that? Why would you? <laughs> Everybody but, love everybody. Yeah. Couple, they did get semi-pro. I love that movie. They were unanimous in uh, the one other or the two other fights. No, yeah, one other fight that went to decision. Yeah, there was one 30-27 all through all around. There it was Jake Collier and uh, John Volante. Yeah, middleweight versus heavyweight. Middleweight versus <laughs> well, it was middleweight versus light heavyweight. Yeah. These guys yeah. both used to be there. Now, <laughs> did you, you sent me the before and after picture of Jake Collier? Yeah, that, that was wild. <laughs> My goodness, I mean, I remember him when he was at middleweight, but I forgot that he looked like. I mean, dude looked like he was he was in pretty damn good shape, and now he's you know he's a little more round. Uh, <laughs> but if he's if he's healthy enough and he's comfortable and he's obviously he's winning fights at heavyweight, more power to him. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the other round, the only other round that was unanimous uh, for the judges, it was round one of Jamal Hill's second round TKO victory over Ovin St. Prue. All three had Hill 
10 9. Yeah, and Jamal Hill is nasty. I have really been impressed with him like all year. I remember watching him at the beginning of the year. I, I can't remember offhand what his first fight was in the UFC, but even then I was like, man, this kid's got good hands. I think, yeah. And he just keeps he keeps flexing them every fight. He's really good. I, I let's test him a bit. Let's let's get him in there with what's uh, even a bigger name than Ovin St. Prue. I still feel like this guy could actually be better off at middleweight. I I know we said that, but he looked thicker this go around. Like maybe oh, he's starting man. to fill I mean, out. I don't know. I, I don't want anyone to kill themselves. I'm I'm yeah. like anti deep weight cut, but I just I look at him and I look at someone that's like you know what if you got yourself in like real fantastic like dieting and that kind of thing i feel like he could probably be a natural 185 yeah but no. maybe i'm wrong yeah. the man knows his own weight and you know what i want to i want to shout out to him real quick he used his pulpit his his time after the fight to talk about a a, a loved you know a, a family member or a friend of a family i believe it was who was lost to drunk driving and, and i just think that that was a really fantastic way to use the platform to to highlight just be smarter don't drink and drive you know, Dan, you know, I don't drink at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, there's nothing wrong with drinking mm-hmm. responsibly. Just, no excuse you know, today. There's have so a friend options. like me who's going to drive you home. I mean, got Uber from your cell phone. You order, yeah, you order the, an Uber. There's no now excuse. You have Uber, like just be drunk and spend the money. Yeah. You're already drunk and spent the money on the alcohol. Just have a little bit left to, to spend on the ride yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. You know, shout out to Jamal Hill. I, I like him. Anyone who's going to do that. You're okay. In my book. Yeah. And his finish was fantastic. But it was, as always, we have our favorites. Yes, there were five of them on this one, right? Five out of uh, out of eight ended early. And no subs. Uh, so you, yep. can't, you, get, uh, you can't just pick whatever sub happens. I time. was going to say that. Well, I mean, you ruined it, but I was going to say I did not pick a sub this time. Well, you couldn't. <laughs> My favorite was Gabriel Benitez. Mowgli with a crazy knee to Justin James. It just collapsed James. He went down like a ton of bricks. And I think this may top Anderson Silva over Stefan Bonner knee to the body TKO list of mine. Okay. I don't know I how. I'm surprised you chose this one over over some of the more flash KOs that we had. Well, I mean, it also, uh, Taporia's was ridiculous. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Ilya Taporia. What was it? In a couple minutes, he, he put out. Uh, who was his opponent again? Ilya Taporia fought Damon Jackson, and he made. Oh him... yeah, Damon Jackson. He was coming off of that that epic comeback sub, but yeah, he he made him look uh, like a total amateur. Like a Taporia made a him look like a beautiful punch yeah. from from Taporia. Oh, everything about Taporia was just nasty. It was. It was. Was not my pick though for favorite finish. Oh, what was yours? Jordan Levitt, twenty-two <laughs> second slam KO. Anytime you get a slam KO, you kind of shoot pretty darn close to the top it's does hard that, to top that does that count as a takedown i think it does why not well, no, i know all right but what does that I, what does that matter first no because i was gonna get i was gonna say i don't think there's any other stats for this fight i don't think a punch was thrown oh, is that right what, what i does thought UFC it was stats say? Let me, i'm gonna pull it up real right right quick because i don't remember anything then i saw wyman kind of like pulling guard kind of and then he gets slammed and out instantly stiff like a board okay so we have the ufc stats figures here matt wyman was 0 for 2 on total strikes jordan levitt was one of one oh, so and they... one of two on takedowns one of which happened to be a momentous gigantic slam ko that when he put when he slammed it down and he, and he used that forearm to really jam the head down too yeah he smashed him <laughs> it didn't really look like levitt was expecting wyman to be out it, you saw him like slam him down and then it looked like he was like trying to move into that next phase and then he looked and he's like Oh, he's out. 
Rampage would have slaughtered that guy. Yes, he would have. He would not have stopped punching him. He's probably asking to do that now to Matt Wyman. <laughs> uh, Jordan Levitt, another guy that I, I'm starting to like now. He was <laughs> doing the dirty dancing uh, poses and stuff like that afterward. But you know what I really liked is just the, the fact that, oh, uh, what was it? I got to get the exact quote from him. What did he say after the fight that I just thought was oh, classic? Doesn't want to hurt people, right? Something like that. It was along that effect. I'm, I'm going to give you the, the exact quote. Give me a second here. Yeah, he goes, I wish I didn't hurt somebody, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh... I wish I didn't hurt somebody, I guess. <laughs> but I, I, I actually like that because, like, I mean, if I was a fighter, and you know, I'm never going to fight professionally. This is not something I intend to do with my life. Uh, I don't I'm not trained nearly enough. Uh, I'm not saying you can kick my butt, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a fighter by by trade. Uh Got my blue belt. You know that, sir. We got it the same day. Mm. But yeah, I, I just like someone who has the mentality of like, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, you know, and, and he seemed very genuine about it, too. <laughs> he just has to. It's his job. Yeah. And he's he's obviously darn good at it. Not as good at not hurting someone, though. All right, folks, that sound means we're done with this episode. We'll be back again on Friday to discuss UFC 256. Davis Figueredo back in action, I hope. You hope. Uh, just don't get COVID. Everyone just stay inside. <laughs> stay away from your family and, and all that stuff. Come on. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.